Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Wilton Report. Incredibly, this is our 21st episode already uh, of all things real estate, especially in Princeton, New Jersey, that we will start talking about um, other areas and other topics. But today, it's an interesting time in the market. Um, national news is not good. The R word recession is being bandied about. Housing sales are down. Um there's a lot of cross currents in the market. And so what does that mean locally? So I'm going to talk about today things not to do in order to keep a deal together, uh, at least as it relates to Princeton, because again, Princeton is a bit of a micro market. Oh, well, not a bit. It is a micro market where it's a very low supply, very high demand environment. So, you know, we're going to kind of talk about what the national trends and the impact that they're having on the psychology of the consumer in the Princeton real estate market. So first things first, I'm going to kind of have a conversation directed towards sellers um, and really what not to do anymore because you've been coming off three years of being a bully um, and I'd say there's more balance in the market. So your bullying days are gone. So the first thing not to do as a seller is to overprice your property. I don't care what market you're in. It doesn't matter if you overprice it. So I'm just going to kind of give you, I took the addresses out because these are actually um, uh, homes that are on the market. So I just wanted to bring your attention to a couple uh, of things. So the fourth column from the right says PPSF. That's price per square foot. And it is probably the best indicator of where a house will sell of anything I've ever seen in my 20 years. The uh, other one that I, I really look at is SP to AV ratio. So it's the sales price to assess value ratio. So you just take the asking price divided by the current assessment the town has assigned the property, and you will get a ratio. You're going to look at a trend, and I'll show you where things are selling. These are active listings. So here's a house, needs total renovation. It's a small lot and a small house. They're asking $746 a square foot. Needs total renovation. The next one down is new construction, $705 a square foot. Here's a house that needs updating, $617 a square foot. And here's a house that needs, you know, uh, it's an income property, needs renovation. It's at $373 a square foot. That's actually quite a great deal. This one, right, new construction, small lot, small house, $810 a square foot. Now, I've seen houses sell at $1,000 a square feet in Princeton. Um, really cool, about four houses from Nassau Street. Uh, the one I'm referencing didn't even have parking and it sold at that high, but it was really one of the coolest houses I've ever seen. That's not this house, right? So I'm not going to give you the address. I'm not representing the seller, but I can tell you if I were your realtor, I'd say 810 bucks a square foot when you have another house at 746 bucks a square foot, this one is overpriced. The going rate price per square foot for new construction in Princeton is about 750. So this one's accurate, at least numerically, this one is not. So, you know, the, that's what I wanted to bring your attention to. The other thing I wanted to bring your attention to is this number, the sales price to assess value ratio. In this case, the asking price. This particular house listed at 1.1 million, they're asking two times their assessment, two times their assessment. That's a big number. Uh, this one's asking 1.8, also a really big number. This one, even they're at 168, 
is still mildly aggressive in terms of what they're asking for in relationship to their assessment. These two I took out only because they're new construction and the town has not done a new assessment on them. So it's not fair to use the old assessment, but the other number you want to look at as a buyer or a seller is what's my relationship to my assessed value. So you don't want to be this high. Like I can tell you that right now. Here are some sold comparables. So you can see the assessed value ratio here, 1.4, 1.48, 1.40, 1.32, 1 1.6. The average in Princeton is about 1.4, 1.5 maybe. And again, these properties here are at two, 1.8. They're above the market definitively. So here's a lovely house on Nassau Street, 294 Nassau Street, sold at $819 a square foot. Now I will tell you, I saw this house, three finished floors, beautiful private garden in the back, even though it's on Nassau Street, one of the nicest houses I've ever seen at 819 bucks a square foot. Amazingly big house, 2,362 square feet, gracious, the whole shebang. That's worthy of that price. You have this house at nine Lytle, right? 594 bucks a square foot. Beautiful mint condition house was redone. My understanding was by the builder uh, himself. It was the builder's house. So it was really a mint condition house at 594 bucks a square foot. Same neighborhood. This one's at 810 bucks a square foot. So as a buyer or a seller in this particular case, you do not want to be the highest priced house either, you know, on the market or by square foot. Here's the renovation price. Here's a house that needs renovation. Two, three houses from Nassau Street, 467 bucks a square foot. Surprisingly, that's a good price right? Because it's a nice size house. It, the location is probably incomparable. Um, so, you know, houses that need renovation generally are in the 400s um, as it relates to uh, price per square foot. And they sold at a multiple of 1.4 of their assessment. So that was a fair price. This one, 294 Nassau Street, sold at uh, two times the multiple because it was, literally one of, it was literally one of the nicest houses I've ever seen. Um, and you can see my notes over here. Beautiful. It was a beautiful, beautiful, well done house. So, you know, as a seller, you want to be conscious of these things and you want to be conscious of, of where the market is and you don't want to be above the market. Certainly. Uh, I think for the most part, appreciation will end now if it hasn't already. And we're just going to be in a middling market in Princeton where, you know, prices will hold steady. I don't see a huge retraction coming but I don't think the sellers are exclusively driving the bus anymore. It's going to be a little bit of a tussle between the buyer and the seller. The other thing that you have to do as the seller is you're actually going to have to negotiate home inspection items. Like you can't present the house to the market broken, sell it broken and expect a buyer to buy it. Here's what's happening nationally. So if you don't follow Diana Olnick, Ol Olick on CNBC, uh, you should. She's excellent. Covers real estate for CNBC. So home buyers are backing out of more deals as high mortgage rates persist and recession fears linger. So again, national news, but it does have an impact locally in the market. This is the same article, and this is from John Burns Real Estate Consulting. This is year-over-year -year change in the cancellation rate for buyers of new build homes. So Texas, their sellers, the home builders in Texas are kind of taking in the ear. Why is that? Well, there's a lot of land in Texas. There's a massive amount of new construction in Texas. So last year, the cancellation rate was 11%. This year, it's 
The Southwest, again, massive amounts of land, massive amounts of new construction, nine versus 25. Northern California, interestingly, I don't know that market particularly. I would assume it's mostly resale, eight to 23%. So here we are in the Northeast, eight to 14%. Why? There's not a lot of new construction uh, in the Northeast, at least in our section of the Northeast, right? So we are well below the national average of 18. Um, and you can see Southern California where, you know, again, it's relatively built out. There's not a lot of cancellation. So, you know, we're on the bottom end of this. There's just not a lot of new construction in our market. Um, you know, most of it is move up, but it's not a lot of first time home buyers, at least in New Jersey. Uh, so, you know, it's, a, it's a little bit of a different market, but that being said as a seller in Princeton, you're in a seller's market period, right? There are more buyers than homes for sale, uh, looking than homes for sale. There's really nothing on the market today. That being said, successfully concluding the home inspection now means saying yes to repair requests. Like you, can, you are not going to get a buyer to buy a house, sight unseen, waiving all the inspections, waive the appraisal. It's not going to happen. Buyers have become more conservative in their offers. There's still multiple offers. There's still limiting inspection requests. What they're limiting it to, for the most part, is structural, environmental, which is radon and mold, uh, sewer line sweep, oil tank sweep. And uh, an interesting word I've seen lately is safety, which really comes down to electric, right? Knob and tube wiring. So buyers are limiting their offers, at least as I'm seeing it, to those. That being said, those can be some big ticket items. So a solution, solution to this, inspect your house before you put it on the market. So I always say this, and sellers always look at me crooked. If I were putting my house on the market today, I would inspect it, and I would either deal with it, disclose it, or price it accordingly. That's the type of market we're in. You don't want to give control back to the buyer and give them a chance to cancel the contract for a home inspection item. That's just the reality, because buyers are skittish. They are pack animals, and nationally, the pack is nervous. So even though there's nothing to buy and when a house comes on, there will be multiple offers, that buyer in Princeton is more skittish than before. So I've seen this week, five, four and a half million dollars in sales hit the skids on home inspection items where the seller said no. Buyers walked on all those deals. So option for the seller, inspect your house before you put it on the market, fix it or price it accordingly. Either way, disclose it so the buyer knows what they're dealing with coming in. Is it a cost to the seller? Yeah, but it's less expensive than having your deal fall apart after two months not being on the market. So for buyers, you have to make the right offer. So all the national news, but I heard the market slowing down and I heard this and I heard that. Year to date, houses in Princeton, sellers in Princeton have gotten 100.9% of their asking price. So year to date, if you offered less than 100.9 statistically, you didn't get the deal. Okay. So what does that mean? It means you need to know the price per square foot of the house you're trying to buy. It means you need to know the market. It means if you overprice it, you will not uh, sell because you, know, you as the buyer are going to look at a house and go, they're asking 810 bucks a square foot. The market's at 750. Why would I buy that? Right? So that's what's happening. But that being said, if it's priced right, make a market appropriate offer. 
because otherwise you won't get it. So the market doesn't care what's happening in Texas, at least in New Jersey, right? That things are canceling in Texas. It doesn't matter because there's no homes for sale in Princeton. That being said, make market appropriate offers. Also, if a house is priced at 700 bucks a square foot, and it needs a total renovation, and it should be priced somewhere 450 to 525 make the $500 price per square foot offer. Don't be afraid. You might get it. You don't know. So don't be afraid to make an offer on a house that is overpriced. Don't wait for it to come down into the right price point and have eight other buyers take a shot at it. So don't be afraid to um, take a shot at a house that's theoretically overpriced. Make an offer based on the right price per square foot and the assessed value ratio. Same thing with home inspections for buyers. Structural, environmental, sewer, oil tank sweep, and safety. These are big ticket items. And, you know, as a buyer, you don't want to deal with it, obviously. If a house is uber competitive, if it's a private sale, if it's that house, you're probably going to waive most of these, if not all of them, with the exception of oil tank. But, you know, if it's a house that's been on the market and there's only one or two bids, you can probably keep some of these contingencies in there or limit them. But that being said, you know, the objective is to buy the house. So what happens is the seller says no and the buyer cancels, right? And you didn't buy the house. So, and you probably didn't buy the house for about $10,000. So this is, you know, this is an actual estimate of a house that uh, I was working on last week, $79,000. The biggest ticket item was the electrician. $40,000. $40,000. So 40000 of the 80 here was one vendor. And it's an accurate price. It needed a lot of electrical updates. So what happened was <clears throat> the buyer right, said, we want X. And the seller said no. And then the buyer got uh, emotional and said, I want to cancel the contract. Then the seller started coming back with credit offers. But at that point, the buyer got emotional and walked away from the deal. Just do this. Stick to the negotiation. If it takes a week, right, as the buyer, unless you're under pressure for a lease, unless you're under pressure because your other house is closing in two weeks, take the time to negotiate the credit. It's a business transaction. Stick to the math, stick to the market, stick to the prices of the contractors that were brought in. Emotion has nothing to do with buying house. It's all about the math. So stick to the math because the home inspection process is back in the market where there will be a lot of give and take between buyers and sellers in this phase of it. Sellers, you're going to have to give. Buyers, you don't want to put yourself in a position that you're asking too much and or react emotionally to the seller's first offer to fix uh, home inspection items because you could have 15 offers. It's a process. So we had a house where we put it under contract. Home inspection was done. Needed a lot of work. And the seller originally said, no, we're not doing anything. The buyer ended up closing with a $25,000 credit because they stuck to the math and they stuck to the process. And I'll be honest, they got a great deal on that house. So the other thing I'll tell you is choose the right agent. Like you're coming into a market where it's not going to be as easy to sell and it's not going to be as easy to buy because buyers are skittish, right? And if they don't know the math, they don't know the market, they're going to get the wrong advice or they're going to make the wrong decision. So as you work with an agent, as you'd interview an agent, make sure they know the local math. If they don't, think twice, right? As a consumer, you want to interview a few people, 
and say, okay, what's your strategy? What's the market? How do I know what's going on? What's your strategy for home inspections? What's your strategy for pre-inspection? Right? So there's a lot of different things that go into it. Choose the right agent. Take your time. Interview. As always, if you want to interview us, you can reach out. If you haven't subscribed to the Wilton Report, I invite you to do so. Uh, you just click the subscribe button, whether you're on Spotify or YouTube. And again, you can always find us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. So that's it today. It's an interesting time in the market. It's an exciting time in the market. And we will keep updating you as things change and progress. Thanks, everybody. 